Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. I really just want to have great sex with interesting people that are tall. (laughs) Interesting guys that are tall. I need to kind of reinstitute my pair and a spare theory and get that going. Just having one person just doesn't seem to work for me. And there's nothing wrong with having just one casual hookup partner. But, you know, since you are being casual about it, it's fun to have experiences with different people. Edging absolutely does work. And if you can do it in a fun, playful way, like an erotic massage type way, it's a win-win for everybody. Ben says, is getting and then having him lick his out of you on your sex bucket list. Well, actually, it has been done. And um, I thank you for reminding me of that. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Well, I haven't done a Q&A in a while. Actually, this is going to be kind of like a hybrid. This is going to be Q&A, reading some emails and some voicemails that I love to put in. I'm going to be, of course, changing everybody's voices so I can protect their identity. But I always get really good voicemails and I love the conversations that I get to have with you guys. It's really fun. So I'm putting a couple examples in there. One's a great question from a female listener. And the other one is just a kind of a back and forth that so you guys can get an understanding of when I voicemail people, like we just talk about whatever and our conversation flows. And there may be a couple messages bouncing back and forth with different topics going on. So it's always fun. And it can really just be whatever you want to talk about. So, all right, let me get to my first question. This is from Matt. And he says, how do you find all these casual hookup partners? Well, Matt, I use, I guess like probably everybody now in this day and age, I use apps and online sources, things like that. I don't really know how else to meet people that where you can at least be specific or it's a targeted bunch in the sense that you know that they're there because they're looking for casual hookups, or at least it's, we're really much more clear on defining what we are looking for sexually rather than like a bumble or match.com, something that doesn't really address that out of the gate. Like you kind of have to, that's going to come later if you hit it off. (laughs) And I kind of really want to lead with the sexuality. So I stay off the sort of more dating, just vanilla dating sites. And I focus on the apps that have, that are more sexual in nature. And that helps me find what I'm looking for in a more targeted manner. And a lot of people are looking for casual, which is nice. I think that's really my lane right now. I Things develop and they move in in other directions. Things sneak up on you sometimes and that's the way it goes. I'm not opposed to that, but it's not like I'm, that's what I want to lead with. I really just want to have great sex with interesting people that are tall. (laughs) Interesting guys that are tall. 
As a matter of fact, it's funny. I So I just, speaking of, you're asking me about this, the, I'm back on my apps, really kind of, I don't know if you call it like the, there's a cycle to it. So right now I'm on there more and I'm actually engaging with people and I am searching for, I need to kind of reinstitute my pair and a spare theory and get that going. Just having one person just doesn't seem to work for me. And there's nothing wrong with having just one casual hookup partner. But since you are being casual about it, it's fun to have experiences with different people because it just is. And everybody brings something different to the table and different people get to expand your horizons or sexually. And that that for me has just been so much fun. I mean, this would be a completely different series this whole seven years. It would be a completely different content, completely different events a completely different approach. If this had just all happened with one person or just a handful of people, you know, instead I've really got to branch out and just experience a lot of different things with a lot of really hot, great guys. And I'm so grateful for that. So just, I mean, you know, there's, gosh, there's a ton of hookup apps. I mean, just Google them. I'm always reluctant to say which ones I'm on because I don't really want people searching for me. And some people have and find me and that's that's fine but I'm just not announcing it do you know what I'm saying so <laughs> so I'm not going to say <laughs> where I am but some people have already kind of caught wind but you know there's only so many there's only so many and I've mentioned a few on here before which I may or may not be on by the way but yeah just there's plenty of apps just make sure you have a clear profile you're stating what you want you're not being coy you don't leave like a blank profile with no pictures. I think that's a massive turnoff for me anyway. Like, again, it just shows you've put so little effort into it. And I'm like, where's the pride? (laughs) You know, like you are representing yourself and this is how you show up. Like this blank profile, like, hey, looking for casual hookups. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's kind of why we're all here. But could you go a little deeper? (laughs) So anyway. Don't go being one of the ding-dongs, Matt, that I have to block on a daily basis. I don't want you to end up in that heap, all right? that That's that's its own little shit show. You don't need to attend that one. Well, I hope that helps. I know I didn't give too much info, but there's just plenty out there. And if you don't like the quality of hookups or leads or people you're being matched with or that you're finding, don't worry. There's a, Just move on to the next find a couple that you really like and work them hard. Really go through, take some time, reach out to people. It's a numbers game. It really is. Some of these profiles are going to be fake. Some of them are going to be scammers, catfishers. It's just weird shit. You have to be prepared for it, but don't give up. Just get in, jump in the deep end and go for it. And you will, you do meet some nice people. And I'm proof of that. The show's documented that, you know, these have all been met on very casual sites that where there's just a lot of goofballs and less than desirable matches for me, but somebody's probably matching with them. So everybody kind of gets to get on there and hopefully find what they like. All right, Matt. Well, I hope that helped. All right. Thank you for the question. And thanks for listening. This next one's from Adam. He says, hi, Layla. Does edging work with or for women? I use it myself in many different scenarios, but I've tried to edge my wife. And she says that once I get her to the edge, then there shouldn't be any let up. I either take her over the edge or she'll lose out. What are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I could probably do a whole, well, I was going to say, I could probably do a whole episode on this. And in fact, I have. (laughs) 
I'm getting a lot of edging questions lately. I think I have more than one in here because I did do an episode on this. But you know what I don't think I clarified? Because I was just talking about how I use edging. I didn't clarify this fact, and this seems to be a common theme coming from the men who are following up on that episode. They're asking about their partners, like Adam is here. Yes, women, listen, we have this big fear of losing the orgasm because a lot of times we're lucky to have just one with a partner. So then that one becomes like super, super valuable. And we're worried and we're scared. We're like, don't fuck with it because then I'm going to lose it. You're going to get me there and, and then it's lost. Now, it's an interesting idea and theory and concept. Part of it is true. That's been this person's experience. I have no doubt. And I know where your wife is coming from because I used to feel this way myself. I'm just like, why would you fuck with my orgasm? And that's, you know, like a woman's big complaint, like you get us right to the edge and then you don't just keep going. You switch gears or you stop or you switch tempo. Like don't fucking do that. We're about ready to come. And like I said, we value our orgasms like there's an orgasm scarcity, like we're in the orgasm dust bowl, because a lot of times it's all we can really manage to get is one. If we're super concentrating, we're super horny, we're super lubricant, all these things have to line up. Two things going on there. Part of that is it's our mentality. Edging will help with that. If we edge ourselves or we let we trust and let our partner edge us, we can actually see how strong of an orgasm we can have. But there's a big fear in letting go and letting that happen. So that's what sounds like is going on with your wife. That's the way she's always had sex. It's become very routine for her. There's a system that she follows every time to have an orgasm. And she's afraid that if she doesn't do that, then again, like I said, she'll miss out. And nobody wants orgasm FOMO. It's awful. When it comes to women, like I know, I know both sides of this fence. Now, what got me out of that, of course, was experimenting. And you hear me all the time with my own solo pleasure and masturbating and figuring out where all the different ways that my body's wired, instead of relying on a man or a partner, I'm saying man, right? Because I'm heterosexual. Instead of relying on a partner to help me discover those things, part of this is like, it's our own homework. It's our own body homework. We need to know how our body's wired and how it works. And we also need to sort of give it the chance to not be so like a one trick pony, so redundant with it, but it's scary. I'm not going to lie, Adam. It's scary because again, you're so worried that you're going to not get off and your partner is, and then you're going to be bitter and pissed. And so you don't want to risk it. What I would suggest is you need more playful play sessions where it doesn't necessarily have to lead to anything. Start teasing her, building her up. I did an episode with a long, long time ago. What did I call that one? I don't remember the name of it, but the guy, I nicknamed him Quinoa, and he wanted to do this erotic massage on me. And I was like, hell yeah, let me do it. So he did kind of like a yoni massage, right? Where, and I didn't know what it was, but I knew it would be touching my genitals and I was down for that. Well, because he sort of got me there in a non-threatening way, let me do this erotic massage on you. Let me do this yoni massage on you. I was, I didn't realize that part of that would be, there'd be some edging there. And I mean, he, he built me up and built me up and built me up to the point where 
I could just tell, I was like, oh my God, let me, I mean, I like, I got so desperate to come, like so ready, so engorged, like all the blood flow was right there. And I, oh my God, it was like, he could have just blown on my clit and I was ready to come, but I was trying to be a good girl, right? And hold back. I'm trying to be gracious about, he's giving me all this attention. It was amazing. It felt good. Women need more of these little sessions like that with their partners so that they can start to feel and sort of trust that the orgasm is going to be there and that you can, it doesn't have to be this fast frenzied, like, oh my God, like a fear of like this. It's almost like you're having an orgasm in like this fight or flight mode. And that's hectic and chaotic. And it's, it also sort of blocks you from being able to have multiples and it's, it's almost stressful. (laughs) So ladies, if you're finding yourself in that scenario, you know, and you're, you have this fear of like, I won't have one or I I don't want to miss out. I think you need to start playing with your body a little bit more because that does rewire it. It does make you more sensitive. Edging absolutely does work. And if you can do it in a fun, playful way, like an erotic massage type way, it's a win-win for everybody. So in that one particular incident, I mean, I was losing my mind. And finally, I was just like, oh my God. I mean, I told him, I said, flip me over right fucking now because I'm going to come in less than three seconds. And while, I'm not kidding you, while he was inside me, he just flipped me over during that rotation from bottom to top as I got seated properly on top of his big hard dick. I literally, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like I was coming as he was rotating me in the upright position. Hard very hard. And it felt amazing to get that release. And I mean, I still, it's like, it's one of those orgasms that still like burns, it seared into my memory. It was so good. So that's where I sort of got into the edging. And then as I went along, I would have partners that would edge me mercilessly. And yeah, I mean, it, it works. And then I started to edge myself. I would, I would get into it. So it just becomes, you know, this fun, exciting, tool in your tool belt that you can switch it up and also ways that you're not being so repetitive about the way that you come. That's a, that's a bad thing. I think for us women, because we get locked in and then it's, that's when our sex becomes boring and routine. It's like, okay, I'm always got to be on top. It's like, okay, you do your thing. Or I, I can only come when you're doing it orally. And then I'm, you get me off first and then, okay, it's your turn. And the thing is, when when the guy's going last, a lot of times she's already mentally tuning out. So I just think that this is a really good way that he can kind of edge you along. You can come together. But it also lets the woman get that sensation of that super buildup. You can see that you can go up with it and then go back down and then go right back up to that, right to the edge, that you won't lose it. It's still there. And kind of knowing that for me is comforting. And so this is how I know, like, I have a lot more in the tank, (laughs) so to speak, in the reserves, like, okay, just give me enough time and I'll have another one. And I hope I answered that, Adam. That's a really good question. And I'm glad you asked it because seriously, women, we're afraid of it. We're afraid of edging. It's always something like, oh, it doesn't sound like a good idea because we're worried that it could ruin, wreck and ruin that one orgasm that we're struggling so hard to get. So there's a little bit of fear there. And I think if you introduce this playfully and slowly and in sort of an erotic massage kind of way that, yeah, she's going to see like 
you're letting her experience the buildup and the decline and the buildup and the decline until she's just begging you to come. And she'll see how hard she comes and how great that felt. And then she's going to be like, oh, yeah. Okay, let's do more of that. Let's, I can see why playing this through is very fun. So, all right. Good luck. Keep me posted. Thank you for the message. This next one is Ben. Okay, Ben says, is getting cream pied and then having him lick his cum out of you on your sex bucket list? Well, actually, it has been done. And I thank you for reminding me of that. That was B.E. did that to me. I don't know how many years ago he did that. He's the only one that's ever done it. It was fucking hot. So what happened was he knew he wanted to do that. Well, actually, let me think back. No, I guess he knew he wanted to do it. He didn't tell me, right? So we're having sex and I'm having, I mean, I was, remember that, that session. I was super, super orgasmic, just so juiced up. And then, you know, he came inside me and then he just flipped me over and put me right on top of his face. I rode his face, had another orgasm and he licked all the cum out of me and just, yeah, it was all over his face. It was hot. I miss that. I do. I need more of that. Somebody, I've got to get somebody to eat their own cum out of me. Although some guys are weird about that. I don't know why. Like, I don't have a problem sticking my finger in myself and tasting it. I don't do it by myself. But like with a partner, it's fun. Or you're kissing them after they've gone down on you. You're tasting yourself. I mean, it's hot. I'd love to taste myself on his dick, on in his mouth, all of that. I don't know why guys have such a get so squeamish. It's your cum. If you won't taste it, why should I? <laughs> but uh, Ben, I have, a, I have a feeling you're not shy about this. Otherwise, you wouldn't have asked the question. But yeah, no, I love it. It's just, are you kidding me? All that stuff. So hot. Even having another guy do it. He's the cleanup crew behind someone else. Like that is super, super hot. I'm all about it. If you want to make a deposit and then a withdrawal... <laughs> Go for it. I love that stuff. Okay. This next one is a voicemail. I'm going to throw this in there from Sue. This is really good. I, I love this one. I can't. Okay. Here it is. I'll play this. Sue. Hey, Layla. I'm 26 years old and I've been with my partner for eight years now, married for one. I asked my husband about, my now husband, about a month before we got married if we could start an open relationship. Things got messy. He cried. We stop talking for a week maybe and inevitably he said no but recently he's come around to the idea of possibly having this open relationship and he's agreed to a one night no obligation hookup with a stranger and then once we do that so i guess it's kind of like a hall pass that we've given each other that he's given me i should say so after we do that, then we're going to kind of regroup the next day and discuss like how he feels, how I feel, how it went, and see kind of where to go from there. But I've, uh, I've tried a few apps, and I'm sure, as you well know, there's a lot of ding-dongs out there. And I just want to be able to explore myself sexually in the right way with the right people or the right person. So I guess I'm just... I'm wondering what your screening process is because I know that you will call somebody before you meet up with them. That's a part of your process. And like, I'm just wondering what are the types of things that you ask them? How do you go about finding these people, these guys to, you know, 
fulfill your bucket list and help you achieve those <laughs> those goals? And like, is there any specific like red flags that you've noticed over the years that are very like apparent in men? Yeah. I just want to say like how much I absolutely love your podcast and I've only found it recently, but I've been listening almost every single day, going back into other older podcasts and just listening. It's really helped me kind of come out of my shell as a sexual being and just realizing that, you know, this is this is my life. You only get one life. So why wait till you're old to, you know, start living it? So yeah. Thank you for being you, Layla. I hope you're enjoying this episode. I'm so sad it has to end. Are you craving more content with me? Don't worry, I've got you covered. Go even deeper with me on my private podcast. You get four additional episodes a month published every Friday, revealing outtakes from my super private personal audio journal, things said after the show but when I'm still recording, the inside scoop on who's been naughty and who's been naughtier, bombshells I've kept to myself this whole entire time, things I can only talk about with a more intimate group of listeners, and additional surprise bonus content so hot it makes even me blush. So when you finish this episode and you're still craving more, please allow me to satiate you. Just head over to thecuriousgirldiaries.com and click on exclusive or click on the link in the show notes. All right, on with the show. All right, Sue, thank you so much for that voicemail. Let's see here. Wow, you've been, okay, so you've been with your your husband actually for eight years and you're married for one. So you actually, I want to make sure I, I heard that right. You actually, like a month before you were going to get married, <laughs> lobbed this bomb on the poor guy <laughs> and said you wanted, he wanted an open relationship. Well, no wonder he was crying. I, I might have cried too. That's like gangster right there, Sue, but I'm glad. You know what? Kudos to you for just being honest with him. And it looks like, it sounds like it's about to pay off. Now, I'm glad that he's kind of circling back around and that he's open for it. And you haven't, sounds like you haven't pushed him or anything like that. You guys are going to give each other basically a hall pass and then regroup, right? I would suggest that in this scenario, so much communication and so much forethought needs to go into this because if you don't talk about as much as you can up front, you might be surprised kind of what comes around and bites you in the back end. And neither one of you really knows how you're going to feel about this after you know your partner's been fucking someone else. And the chances that you both make a hookup happen like simultaneously while you're hooking up with somebody, you're, you're exercising your hall pass, he's exercising his hall pass, that's going to be very rare. And what if your person shows up for the hall pass session and his person flakes and then he's let down and you're on this big high. So you kind of, I really, really, I would say do have a lot of conversation about this. I mean, ad nauseum, really like be so sick of it by the time you actually do it, that you've talked it to death because that way you probably left no stone unturned. What I would hate to see happen is you do it and then it just blows up in your faces because somebody's having a bad reaction and you don't really know. Right now you don't know what you don't know. So I would definitely recommend that. I've had some episodes with some very qualified people on that could help you guys or possibly give you kind of like a list of questions to ask or things to definitely address and talk about before you do something like this. Because right now the 
you and your hubby are like ignorance on fire. It's great. You're excited. You want to do this, but make sure you dot all your I's and cross your T's first. I know that's not sexy and that's not hot, but I think over the long haul, it'll really help preserve, first of all, your relationship. And then second of all, help you guys navigate, you know, where you want to go from there. Cause you'll already kind of have an idea about how you're going to handle something when it comes up and if it's uncomfortable or awkward, and then also how you can expand on this and what may be acceptable after moving forward for both of you. So I did, I just released an episode, episode 325 with Gail Lynn, and she helps couples have good dialogue about this stuff while they're moving through it and they're starting it kind of based on her own life experience. And doctor, I also had Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee, and she did an episode on August 6th. That's exactly what she does. She actually does a TV show that has, that's over in the UK. And she's like the resident uh, doctor, clinical psychologist that comes in and it's about couples, young couples. They, they want to explore this stuff for the first time. And they're putting these scenarios where they can, and she helps walk them through it. Very interesting. You can catch the show, but you can also reach out to her and work with her. And then also the, like, I mean, I had the Open Late podcast, podcast host, and she's in a non-monogamous, polyamorous relationship. She's married and they have a, a third. I think they all live together. I mean, like there's so, you know, there's so much information out there. The Hot Wives episode I did, you know, those two have both been through that, you know, with their partners. Also, my episode, Life in an Open Marriage, that was with uh, Steve, one of, one of the listeners too. I would listen to that stuff just to get an idea of what, where people have been and where they've gone with it. And I know you'll hear a lot of your own concerns and just maybe things that you're thinking about too in those episodes. So I hope that gives you some good food for thought. And then as far as kind of qualifying people and finding them, yeah, okay, you're right. <laughs> There's a lot of ding dongs. Thank you for using one of my favorite terms when referring to men out there in the dating world. Sorry, but there's just a ton of ding-dongs. And I'm sure, I know if I was a man, I, I would find the converse true. People are just kind of weird. <laughs> I mean, bless their hearts. They're just, but people are sometimes weird and awkward. And I think a lot of this has to do with the fact that, you know, we just really haven't been given a manual for this. So it's a little bit understandable, but sometimes just take a common sense approach, people. Like, really, I'll give you my screening process, Sue. So it's what I do is, first of all, we chat on whatever site I found them on. And then pretty quickly, usually these sites are like, I don't want to be logging in all these different sites to have to do whole, have all these separate conversations with people while I'm trying to qualify them. So I like to move them off to a burner app, or you can do Keek, or I guess Snapchat, Kick. I, I don't know if they call it Kick or Keek. I call it Keek. I don't know why. But something that, you know, maintains your privacy, I do not recommend giving out your phone number straight away because that can be linked to your social media. You know, people can start sort of investigating you when you're not ready for that or researching you in ways that you may not be comfortable with. I like to maintain before I've met somebody and before I've actually been sexual with them, I just really like to maintain as much of a privacy barrier as I can, because we're still in the qualifying process and I don't really know where this is going. And I just don't need everybody that I've ever talked to as a potential hookup, knowing who I really am right away. So just be careful about that. Don't give out your address, obviously. Just you want to maintain, again, a healthy level of privacy. So 
I will do that. And then it's the, we will move to like a third party app that maintains my privacy. And then from there, I like to do a video call, some type of, you know, like I said, you could Snapchat or a zoom based call. Again, make sure that you don't use your real name when you, if you have a little zoom account or whatever, and that your email's not like they can't see that just things that they can reverse search and link back to you. Be careful with that information. And then um, after I do the video chat, just again, so I can verify it's the person that I saw in the profile. They look the same. I can hear how they talk, how they articulate. You can start to get in and qualify them with what they're looking for, what turns them on. Then I move to what I call a meet and greet, which is you just meet somebody with the intention of again, you know, coffee or a drink or dinner, whatever. I don't usually do like a meal because if you don't like them, I learned that in the beginning, then you're stuck (laughs) listening, being polite when you're just like, oh my God, get me the fuck out of here. There's no way in hell you're sticking your penis in my vagina. You're a ding dong. You know, you don't want to be stuck with all that. So I just, just do something light and casual. And I also set the tone that, Hey, you know, we're just like, you know, you don't know me anything. You may not like me. I don't know you anything. You know, let's just meet and see how the chemistry is. You know, you may have started picking up on that, but in your video call, right? But then when you meet face to face, there's other things that you're going to notice and pick up on, you know, that you might or not, that weren't prevalent or obvious in the video call. So again, I just am very selective. Anybody that doesn't want to do that, I, it's not going to happen. Like guys that just want to show up, like, what are you doing today? No, I mean, you're not just going to roll up to my house and whip your dick out. It's not how it works. So, and then lastly, when you meet somebody for the first time, it needs to be a hotel room. And guess what? I don't know how how guys are going to feel about that, but they need to fucking pay for it. If they can't pay for a hotel room to fuck you, uh uh-uh, I'm not going half seas on a hotel room. It's not going to happen. I draw the line at that. (laughs) This, I don't care how it sounds. I mean, I think women should be treated like women. And like I said, a guy that can't even foot the bill for a hotel room, why would I, or worse, like me paying for it? Like, what the fuck? There's no way. I don't need to pay for men to fuck me. (laughs) I mean, and, and women don't. And that's just sort of the, that's just the law of nature. And I'm sorry, but men generally are thirstier than women. And that's just how it goes. I, plus I would feel like it's just emasculating in my opinion, would have to pay for the man. He can't pay for, no, mm-mm. it's not my, this pussy's going to dry up real fast if that's the scenario. So he needs to get the hotel room. And that's, that's the bottom line there. All right. I hope that helps. Keep me posted. I'm so interested to know how this goes. And I'm, thank you for being a listener. And I want to know what's, how it goes, how you guys have your first, I'm, I'm, what's that movie? You're reminding me of that movie. Oh, Indecent Proposal. <laughs> I never had that song stuck in my head all day. Like you're doing your, your one off. He's doing his one off. And then you guys are going to regroup. I just don't want you to crash and burn. So please, please, please. I want this to be a positive experience for you. The real key is, is the open, open, beyond open communication between the two of you. I mean, you really have to commit to putting it all out there beforehand and then, and then after and see how it goes and just have a plan, kind of really talk through all the different scenarios. What are we going to do if someone has regrets and the other one had a good time and the other one didn't? How are we going to handle that? You know, you just kind of need to be prepared and I'm sure it's going to be fun and you both will have a good time, but it's a good idea to kind of cover all your bases. All right. 
Keep me posted, Sue. Thanks for the voicemail. Okay, this was a really interesting message. And again, we're kind of on the uh, edging and all that. I love this. This is from JD. He says, hi, Layla. I came across your podcast on the edging episode. I feel like I have a sex positive female drinking buddy to talk openly about sex again. I'm the son of an abuse survivor and my wife was abandoned by her parents. Our marriage is a codependent nightmare where I'm blamed for everything short of sinking the Titanic. I was a psych major, so I don't judge her, but yeah, we separated. I used to have a vibrant unisex group of friends, mostly girls. I was the only single guy. We used to tear up the town and enjoy judgment-free sex talk. Occasionally, one of my female friends would trip and fall and land on my dick, and it never got more awkward than someone saying, you fucked JD, didn't you? Teasing, or I'll better, I better not drink anymore, I'll end up fucking JD, ha ha ha. Let me tell you, Layla. I was slinging some major pipe. I have friends able to tell me what they like sexually with no fear of judgment or abandonment. It was like sex boot camp. That's why most porn doesn't turn me on because I know that shit is fake, fake. Anyhow, fast forward to my failed marriage and my wife is a 12 out of 10, drop dead gorgeous, fine. But the emotional napalm has torched the intimacy and we are basically enemies sharing a refrigerator. As such, I've taken my masturbation life to epic levels. I'm not the guy to go cheating on my daughter's mom. That's just not me. Not because I'm such an angel, but when she's old enough to date, I don't want her bringing home a guy with a face tattoos who just needs a place to stay until this rap rap career takes off. So edging. Because my sex life is now a solo act, I've decided to take it to the highest heights possible. Edging is my jam. Now that I'm in my early 40s, I try not to ejaculate more than once a month, just a health and vitality practice. Instead, I favor tantric orgasm, which allow us guys to be multi-orgasmic. It's so nice to hear a candid, open, fun discussion about my new favorite topic and from a female perspective. I don't know if you take masturbation requests. I think that's just a thing I made up for this email, told you the struggle was real. But if you decide to wank to the fantasy of an old friend... That was always off limits due to the two of us knowing each other from dating each other's friends and the two of us show up early to a weekend, cabin retreat, get snowed in. (laughs) I love how elaborate this is, by the way. Okay, find out none of the others will be there until tomorrow and then you go for a shower. Oh, here we go. We get Okay, I'm going to give you a summation here. So I get in the shower, the hot water's broken, I have to ask you to come in, I'm covering up with a towel, help me, I'm shivering. Please fix the shower. Then we realize when the hot water comes back on, there's only enough hot water for one. So I think we kind of uh, share the shower together. Okay. Thank you for that fantasy. I don't know that I'll wank to it, as you put it, but I love the thought there. And you also, you're thanking me for being your new sex positive drinking buddy and helping me keep your ass off Ashley Madison as soon as you're properly and amicably divorced. You're going to find yourself a nice yoga retreat and bring plenty of Jeff Abrams delay spray and uh, maybe we'll be a good fit. Okay. Thank you so much for this. I love it. I love this kind of feedback. I'm glad you're into edging and that you enjoy it so much. I have a love hate thing with it. I think I've told you. I love it because I love it when I do it. It's a whole nother ball of wax when someone else is doing it because you're like, oh my God, just like that message from. Adam, his wife is like, doesn't want him to do it. Because again, we have this fear, you know, like when someone else is doing it, messing around with my body, you have this fear, like that you're going to lose it. Like you're going to fuck with it. Like 
it's this magical, mystical mojo. It's hard to have one and you just don't want people fucking around with it. I totally get it. Like it's scary. But if women can kind of slowly see their way to it, maybe do it to themselves, let their partner do it a little bit, put a little trust in them. It really is kind of fun to get on the edge, right? And JD is already singing the praises of it. He knows it. It's like, I love it when a man is edging himself with my pussy. Like when a man that can edge himself, he's so, it's, he's so good in bed because he lasts longer and I get to have multiple orgasms before he finally concludes. The other thing that's really hot is a man can, a little bit of his come out and sort of, I call it leaking, which sounds like there's something broken and it's leaking. No, it's just like, he'll get right to the edge and then he'll drip and a little bit will come out and spill out like onto your pussy or wherever you want it. Maybe you want it on your stomach. I like it just right on the top of my pussy. So I can kind of I rub, I use it as lubricant and I'll rub it on my clit, you know, while I keep massaging or he rubs his cock on my clit and then puts it back in, uh, stuff some of the cum in there. Oh my God. It's so hot. And and he hasn't had an orgasm yet. So I think to me, edging a man that can, has that kind of control, good lovers right there. Good, good, good lovers. I'm telling you, man, oh man, like those are the kind of guys that rock my world. So I hope that, uh, and, and they'll rock any woman's world, really. I mean, if they can last and do that and you just, and they're, that's a buildup for me. When I start seeing that, it's like, oh my God, it's so hard for me. No, I would just want to come all over that cock so bad. Like it gets me worked up and the visual of it. Oh yeah. It hits on quite a few cylinders. So guys, if you can master this and you can do this, please do like, please, please do. And I know a lot of the the male guests I've had on talk about this. Well, Eric Everhart obviously talks about this. You got to be able to master, you know, master your penis. Kenneth Play, like these are just all these ways that you can work on your skills to be a better lover, last longer, give her more pleasure. And the whole time, all this is building up for you too. And it's just as hot. I mean, you know, you're getting a lot out of it as well. So Thank you so much, JD, for your lovely message. And thank you for the fantasy. I'm sure now that we put it out there, other people will be wanking to it too. (laughs) They'll be edging. So we just put the good mojo out there. Feel free to edge to that fantasy or incorporate it. Take JD's version and make it your own and use it. I'd love to hear how it goes down. All right. Um, The next voicemail is from David. And you guys, I think I've had David's voicemails on here a couple times. The first time David was on, he got a big response. I put him on because he was just like talking about how he's a 10. He likes girls that are a 10, you know, and how he's really picky and all this stuff. And that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. I got a kick out of it because I totally understand. Everybody should think they're a 10. Okay. Like, why not? Like, that's really a matter of perspective. Yeah. I think of myself as a 10. Should I think of myself as an eight? I mean, like, really, like, why not? doesn't even matter if I'm delusional. Maybe I'm way off. Maybe I'm a negative two, right? But you should hold yourself in this high esteem. And you should also only really be having sex, if that's your preference, with people that you really, really have this chemistry for. If that's important to you, you need that chemistry. You want that hot sizzling like, oh my God, I cannot wait to rip this person's clothes off. Then you should absolutely fucking have it. Like, that's my problem too. I don't want to have average mediocre sex. I want all the excitement, all the chemical buildup, 
every single stroke to feel amazing and hot and that, you know, and I'm in my head as much as in my body. Because when those two come together, the sex is fucking hot. Now, David's message here is not about that. <laughs> I'm just going back on the very first message and defending him a little bit, although he, I know he doesn't give a shit and he doesn't really need that anybody to be defended. But that was one of his first messages. But I want to kind of show now, you know, since I'm always encouraging everybody, leave me voicemails, leave me voicemails. Since then, we probably exchanged three voicemails back and forth a week, you know, three from me, three from him. We have just different sidebar conversations going on and we talk about anything. And I do that with people like we talk about sexual stuff and then we'll also talk about everyday regular stuff. It's very fun to get to know you guys. And so here's just a kind of a run-of-the-mill voicemail just to give you guys an example of some of it sprinkled with sex and then other subjects too. Here it is. All right. So my belief is that you're totally normal. And tell me if I'm right. I could be projecting here, but I'm assuming that you went through some periods of your life where you were attached to men and you were probably attached to uh, monogamy and maybe you got broken a couple times, like some bad heartbreak and you just got hardened, but not in a bad way. Like you just kind of woke up from the nonsense and realized like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, why do I want to be in a monogamous relationship with one person? Like, dude, I don't even know who I'm going to be in like six months. Like literally, like I don't really believe much in birthdays, but I do reflect on birthdays, just kind of trying to remember like, who was I a year ago? And I can never remember who I was. I'm cooking food, by the way. That's what that noise is. So I can't remember who I was a year ago. So if I can't remember who I was, and I changed that much in a year, and then I've got another person who's going to be changing, or maybe not changing, but I could outgrow her, she could outgrow me, we could grow in different directions. I also believe that a lot of connections are meant to transfer some kind of teaching or information, whether it's a good teaching or a bad teaching. Like I've been in a relationship where I learned about evil. Like I said, I was just in a relationship where I learned that I'm no longer like into clinginess or any of that. And that's a good thing. So maybe that transference of information or growth, it just happens really fast and boom, you're done. So how could you know? Like I'm literally hanging out with my friend today. He's on two grams of shrooms. We're supposed to go to Home Depot and buy lights. And the guy's like jumping out of my car, like (laughs) in the middle of the fucking street. Like, bro, should we just go home? Like you're kind of tripping. But he's like crying to me because he's in love with this girl. Literally, he just broke up with this girl and was telling me about the breakup like a month ago. And now he's fucking sobbing and asking me if he can come up to my off-grid property and like do some ceremony about some holy ceremony for this chick. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I don't believe in marriage. Like, I just don't believe in it. So what I believe in is just going with the flow. This, You know how much it freaks girls out when I tell them that? Like, I just go with the flow. Like, if things feel good then I'll hang out with you. And then if they don't feel good, then I won't hang out with you. I tell them I don't believe in commitment. I just believe in flow. And it's like, they're all insecure and shit. I'm like, one day you'll get there. Like, maybe one day you'll understand that that's just like how things work in this world. You just flow. And if things feel good, then you continue flowing with those things until they don't feel good. Like, I'm not like, I've I've been bodyboarding for what, 20 years? I'm not committed to bodyboarding. I'm not committed to my yoga practice. I just fucking love it. And that's why I go. I go because it's fun. So, I mean, if you want to talk about the word commitment, I'm just committed to having fun. I'm committed to flowing with the things that I like. All right. So that's that. (laughs) Fun little rant. Yeah, try MDMA. Dude, you're in Florida. Florida's like so much drugs. Are you kidding me? Do you just go to like, 
I don't know where in Florida you live, but if you go to Viva La Miami, <laughs> go to Miami, and it shouldn't be hard. I mean, come out to Santa Cruz. Everyone's doing therapeutic MDMA. I try to get people away from therapeutic MDMA. I'm like, guys, girls, it's better. It's better just to take it and dance. Take it and dance. Like, we don't need to be, like, putting on blindfolds and making it so sacred. <laughs> I mean, you should see these people. It is a, It is wild out here. There's all this ceremony and, like, setting intentions and, like, preparing yourself for the journey. I'm just like, dude, just fucking take it. <laughs> just shut up. Maybe fast half a day and eat healthy and then just take it and see what happens. Like, that's the ultimate, like, fun, you know? Anyway. <laughs> um, there's almost too much of that shit around here. It's fucking wild. Anyway, I'll, I'll, um, I'll address your other message. Okay. Now, David... We were talking about, I'll fill everybody in here a little bit. We, you and I were talking about just when you get attached or don't get attached and how that goes down. No, I, I don't have this like super big heartbreak story. I mean, everybody's had their heart broken, but it's not anything that I detoured by or afraid of. My modus operandi really is just to have good casual sex partners. I'm not opposed to having someone be more than that. And what I've learned is I don't have as much control over it as I like to think. Sometimes people have snuck up on me. Sometimes right out of the gate, I'm like, whoa, I'm going to have, I like this person more than just the criteria that I'm looking for sexually that would make them as a play partner or as a friends with benefits, a fun thing. A lot of times it just it happens. Like I've had partners that were casual for a long, long time and everything was great. And then something starts changing. And I'll be honest, usually it seems like it's more the guys that start changing than me, but I've done it too. So, you know, and, and there's really no rhyme or reason to it. And I'm not, like, I don't, just don't even freak out. I don't freak out about that stuff. I'm not looking for it, but if it lands in my lap, what are you going to do? You just, it's just a conversation you have and I'm not down on monogamy either. I think it's interesting because I think moving forward, you know, with relationships, my preference would be to be on some level polyamorous, to have that option. I don't know that I'd want to exercise it all the time or need to, but it would be, it's, I think it's just another fun dynamic that I could have with a long-term partner that would need to be there. Like, I don't think I would go into into a relationship with someone if I knew I had to be monogamous with them and only them for the rest of our relationship, that they were not okay with me going outside of the relationship. And of course, that would be a two-way street. They would have that option as well. I don't know. It's just kind of one of those things I sort of feel my way through. And I'm kind of like that with David. Like I just go with the flow. I don't have this other than I want to have good chemistry with you. And I want to have really hot sex and I want to be able to communicate with you and explore with you sexually because it's fun when you are learning stuff together and you're going to different levels together. I love that. I love the adventure of it. It's exciting and it's fun and it keeps it fresh and interesting. And it's also sort of puts both of you on a level playing field that, hey, you're both kind of going somewhere that you never have gone before together. And it just helps. It helps. Again, I don't, I don't know. I think a lot of people aren't suited to monogamy. They just don't know. They won't admit it. <laughs> they find themselves 
in a long-term relationship, whether they've gotten married into it or they've just been together for a long time. And then they're like, fuck, my perception of myself sexually or, or my desires sexually have expanded. And this, again, this is normal. I think it's really odd that people will, people will think I'm going to grow and evolve in all these other aspects of my life, but not my sexuality. And we put that expectation on people. It's like, okay, don't go changing. Don't, you know, everything just has to stay the same. That's impossible. It's just impossible. And it also breeds boredom and it breeds, and then women don't want to have sex. It's not that good. And it's boring. It's, a, you know, it's just the same thing over and over. You get in these ruts, it gets mundane. I just feel like there's other options and that we know about now that we can do. So why not fucking do it? And as I've come to be, you know, very much like David's commenting here, I'm, I'm, I'm open to just open. I don't, I, I did a, had a meet and greet the other day, you know, and this person's like, well, what are you looking for? And like how much frequency and all that? And I'm like, you know, once a week with one person is fine. I don't just, I mean, like I'm telling him, I'm not saying I'm going to be having sex three times a week, really. Cause if I have like a pair and a spare going, that's how it goes out, goes down. But I don't like, it's fine. You know, when I see somebody, I see somebody, if they want frequency more often and I can make it happen, then I, then I, and the sex is good. Fuck. Yeah. I'll certainly do it. You want to swing by for lunch, a nooner and get it on? Nope. Or you want me to swing by? Hey, let's do it. Like I'm all for that kind of fun stuff. You want to go out and actually do something, go to an event and then fuck later. Fine with that. I don't have a set agenda. So that does freak people out. That can freak people out. I agree with David on that. Probably more so women. I think we like to know like, where's this going? What's happening? And I don't really care. (laughs) A lot of times I don't care, you know, like I don't care to make this like I don't want to make it a stressful thing. I want this to be fun and easygoing and like I'm okay with just seeing what happens and what unfolds. Like I said, there's certain criteria you want to know that's in place that you have good sex. But aside from that, let's just let's dial it back and see what happens. And then the other part of this message is we are in a conversation about MDMA. And I have said like that's now on my bucket list. Like I've never had sex while I was high and I've heard that and I just don't get high very much. I mean, that's like not really my thing. I will indulge in it from time to time. But to me, it would be really fun to have that experience, have all of my senses heightened, kind of like have my all the synapses in my brain firing. And, you know, if I can sort of enhance it chemically, I want to try it. Yeah, I do. I've heard good things about the MDMA and how it just makes you feel really lovey and like touchy feely and I'm just, fuck yeah, you know, like, let's do it. The guy that I had a meet and greet with yesterday was like, he wants to do that too. And that's his thing. And I'm like, yeah. Clark and I talked about that a long time ago. We we never made it happen, but I, I know he's done like some MDMA trips and I'm kind of with David on this. Like, I don't need to go set in intentions. I don't need to get too hippy dippy about it. I'm a yogi. I'm in that community. Everybody gets out there. I respect everybody's flow, (laughs) how they want to do it. But I'm just a little more pragmatic. I'm like, yep, let's just do this. Let's just see what happens. I don't need to be, I don't need to try to steer the experience a certain way. I'm okay with letting it unfold. And that's kind of part of the excitement. So yep, there we go. But guys, here's just, again, you know, this conversation with uh, David is just sort of a good representation of all the kinds of different topics that will come in and out of these voicemails and conversations that I have with people one-on-one in there. They're always a lot of fun for me. 
Okay, Josh, this question. I'm really into all things bondage, especially rope, tape, and glue. What's your take? I don't know about the glue. That's a new one on me. I'm down with the rope and the tape for sure. I mean, I fucking love that shit. Yes. I love the bondage. I love being bound. I love a little bit of consequence bondage is okay with me. Not, I mean, I do start to get, again, uh, you start fucking with my orgasms too much. I'm going to be freaking out. Like I've been pushed to the point of almost crying with that. But it's interesting to have those experiences. Like, I mean, I, I love to know like where the edges and where my boundaries are. I love the bondage. I really, really do. It's hot and it's sexy. And when someone, you know, it's very intricate. And when someone's taking their time, I love that the time that all that attention's on you because this guy's like sitting there, like really tying you up the way he wants you, how he wants to sort of use you as his naughty little slut when you're bound for him. And, oh yeah, I love it. It's just super sexy. It gets me dripping wet. Like I do enjoy it. It, it really does it for me. And mentally, like I said, when I just love attention on me and when a guy is putting that much work and effort in, it gets me hot, really hot. Like I want to, I want to, yeah, I want him to have a good experience. I'm, I'm extra amped up and aware of what I need to do and what I want to do to get him off. I'm just, I'm excited. It gets me in that headspace. Again, I don't know about the glue. All I can, when you're saying this, like all I can imagine is like super glue, (laughs) Would I want my labia glued shut or would I want my, no, I don't want any part of my skin glued to another part of my skin and have it like rip off or no, that's getting into stuff. I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not into the bleeding or the caning or anything like that. I, I could get right up there with like the spankings, the bruises. And yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. Like marking me like that's hot, but not, I've just never heard about the glue factor and it doesn't sound that exciting to me because uh, it sounds like you'd be like breaking skin and ripping skin. And I don't, I kind of, that's sort of a hard limit for me. Okay. I hope that answers your question, Josh, but definitely. Yes. I love all that stuff. Okay. Ashley, I haven't heard you talk about BDSM so much in a while. You spoke about it a lot a few years ago. Do you still love it or have you moved on from it? This is a good question because I do love it. And it's something that I got to experience with someone and it was very unique, very intense. And I think because of the nature of that relationship with that person, when we weren't seeing each other anymore, I had to sort of take a step back from it because it was a few people tried to sort of role play it with me and it just was weird. Like I didn't, I didn't like it. And I, maybe I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for someone else to step in and start doing that because it had been so intense and really so life altering for me, stumbling on that, finding that, going down that rabbit hole. It really made a huge impact on me. And so I needed a little downtime, I guess, from it. And then I do miss it, but I miss the intensity of it. I miss the, what I had, the way I had it. And I don't, I'm reluctant to have somebody come in and try because it has to be the right person. It's not something I like to do casually in role play. I mean, I can, and I, there's been partners you've heard me talk about on here that where there'll be a little slapping or choking and that, that does that, that definitely gets me off and gets me going, but 
it's weird because I sort of like, I have these lines with it, like, that's okay, but don't start calling me your submissive or your little slut or, you know, I mean, there's this realm I get into with it where I'm like, it has to be the right person that can take me farther into it. So I can do the surface level stuff and it's fun, but let me just tell you, nothing compares to a super, super connected session of BDSM with the right partner. It's like night and day. It's kind of like going from kitty land, like, oh yeah, we're just playing around with this. That's fun. That was exciting to like going into the stratosphere. It's a whole nother level and you really can't even compare the two. So I try not to have too much of it casually because I don't want to be disappointed with it, I guess is probably the best way to put it. So right now I'm serious about getting out there more with it and finding someone who can take me deeper because I would love to start doing it again. But I have sort of drawn a line, I guess, and said like, I know where I, how far to go with it casually and that's fun. But there's a huge difference, like I said, between for me, what BDSM is about and the way of the level that I've experienced it to just kind of the casual stuff. So I don't know if that made sense, but I definitely would love to get back into it with somebody that's good and understands it and understands how to move a submissive, the level that I'm at to the next level. So that would require someone with a lot of experience and then a a lot of experience and b i'd have to be connected to them it has to be that deep connection because when it is it's so fucking good and to try to downplay it and pretend like the mediocre stuff even touches that it just doesn't so there you go all right i do still love it yes i do still love it i still crave it and uh you know hopefully get back around to it okay it's not the last one I love the episode with Casey Donatello. Sounds like she piqued your interest for gangbangs. Any chance you will become a gangbang queen yourself? If so, I'd love to participate. I don't know. I mean, this is a really, yes, Casey was amazing. And by the way, guys, I'm going to have her back on and I'm going to have her husband on. We're going to do two more episodes. One of them will include her husband. So I'm super excited. I think like bringing that full circle and having him included, we're missing, there's that whole missing component that we don't, we didn't get. We got Casey's side of it, but I really want to also examine their whole dynamic together, how they do this. So that should be fun. And when I was listening to her and, you know, the way she was talking about certain things that resonated with me, just the excitement of it, what she likes about it. And I feel like we are on a, you know, we've gone on a very similar trajectory. We have a lot in common. It was kind of like, listening to like a kindred spirit, like, yeah, she's done this journey too. She went a different way with it, but I get all the reasons and all what's driving it and the sentiments and the feelings and the sensuality and the every, the way she describes it, like it makes total sense. And I could see how the not knowing who's going to show up and how long it's going to go and what's and not knowing really what's going to happen can be very fun and exciting. Where I'm stuck is that I want to have that chemistry and I get, you can't really qualify each and every guy that's going to show up for a gangbang because it's a group thing. And you really, it's, I think at that point, it's more about getting the numbers there, getting the bodies, the warm bodies and the hard dicks in the room. And so to that extent, you can be less picky because it's a really probably going to be a one-off. If they're good, they may sort of join your rotation, right? The way she had it. But 
of guys. They put the call out and say, hey, you know, they have some regulars that will show up when they can. I just, I mean, if I had a primary partner, see, if I had a primary partner that was doing this with me like her husband is, yeah, I can see why this works out. Like this is hot. And I could see, almost see my way to it at some point, somewhere down the road, right? But just right now, like kind of as a solo practitioner, (laughs) as a solo sexual adventurer without really a main primary partner right now, I would need that person. They're kind of like the anchor for this scenario, for the gangbang. Like I would not be feel safe or comfortable at all having a bunch of dudes and me in a room where nobody was there to make sure everybody's wearing a condom, you know, just all the stuff that her husband makes sure of and also really is there too for protection. So I would have to work that out. But I mean, I'll say maybe, maybe, I don't know. But I'd probably want to see everybody's picture and their face and their body and at least have a video chat. So I did know who was showing up, not just not just the way she does it. I think I'd have to be a little more strict about it in the beginning, where just whoever's going to show up shows up and then they go where they roll with it. I don't want ugly fucking. <laughs> you guys know that I've done that episode on ugly fucking. I don't want I don't want to fuck somebody I'm not attracted to. I know that's awful, but it's true. Like I chemistry and looks matter. I mean, I I know it's maybe it's shallow. I if it is, you know, somebody thinks it is, that's fine. I I call me shallow. I'm okay with that. But yeah, I don't want to fuck guys I'm not attracted to. Ew. No, why? Why should I? So, I might have to get over that. I might have to I get where she's coming from. I think she finds something like hot and sexy. She can find, she can tap into what's erotic about each individual. And that is a skill. And I believe it can be done. I know it can be done, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. (laughs) So thank you, Mark. I know. I will see if I, we'll see. You just never know. I never say never anymore because every time I do, I have to eat those words. Okay, this is the last one. Jesse, will you ever show your face? I'd love to know what you look like. Can you describe yourself? Who is your doppelganger? I don't know if I'll ever show my face, like all of my face. You can see part of my face, like on my social media, like the, what do you call those? The little picture there. You know, I kind of have like partial. I don't know. I flip flop about this all the time. That's the truth. I mean, I go back and forth, back and forth all the time. Like, okay, just come out of the closet, Layla. Just do it. Just People want to just show it all. And then there's a part of me that just like, I really love the fact that people don't know and I don't take away their fantasy of whatever they think I do look like. I mean, you again, you can kind of see what I look like and get an idea. But, you know, once you put it out there, it's like, I guess I worry, like, what if I lose listeners? Or if they're like, well, that's not, I pictured this exotic looking woman and she's not, in my opinion, exotic or I like brown hair and brown eyes and she doesn't have brown eyes. I don't know. Let's see. My doppelganger would be, I don't really, I thought about this when, when I read this question, I was like, who do I think I look like? I don't really know. I'll tell you who people have said I look like. My mom, one time at one point, she thought I looked like, she confused a picture. She had come in and she'd seen some pictures on my table. And these were, this was a long time ago, back when I was doing like, like every young girl does, uh, you know, a little bit of modeling here and there, you know, you get sucked into it and nothing major, but I was, I had done the shoot and it was all black and whites and it was really pretty and really classy and elegant. And 
my mom saw a picture. One of the pictures goes, why do you have a picture of Grace Kelly on your table? And I'm like, no, that's me. And she looks close. She's like, oh my gosh, you really like, I look like Grace Kelly. She's like, you really do look like Grace Kelly. And she's like, looking at me, she's like, you do. That's what my mom thought at the time. I was, like I said, I had really, really blonde hair at the time. I have brown hair, but I either, it's either blonde, some form of blonde or, you know, I change it. It's either blonde, blonde, dark brown. I mean, I've had it all different kinds. Go everything kind of in between on that spectrum. Right now it's dirty. It's kind of like dirty blonde and I have blue eyes and I'm tall. I'm 5'10". This is why I have to have tall guys because I just, I have a uh, slimmer build of the guy that I met with the other day at a meet and greet, you know, he kept calling me petite more than once. And I'm like, you know, he met my frame. My frame is petite. I'm tall, but I'm not, I'm just, I'm on the slimmer side, I guess you'd say. And I always say I look like the girl next door. That's how I feel. Like. It's really like how I describe myself. Like, I feel like I can play it up or play it down. I, I like my baseline right there, but I'll tell you over the years, I've been, these are the most common people that I've been told I look like. Let's see, who have I, uh, Celine Dion, <laughs> which I don't see it. I mean, she looks, she's older now. I guess when she was younger, I don't know a little bit, maybe in the chin a little bit. I don't know. Sandra Bullock. Now I see that. I see that correlation. Jennifer Aniston, when I guess some people, sometimes people look at me, probably when my hair was really, really blonde, it's like different haircuts and different, you get told these things. A couple people have said I look like uh, the girl from, what's her name? Liv Tyler from, like, more than once someone said, you look at the girl in the Janie's Got a Gun video. I don't know if I see that one. I'm not sure. Again, it's weird. I think, you know, how your face has different angles. You look at, like, different things. But probably I would say the most common that I've been told is, like, Sandra Bullock, except for I've, I have blue eyes. So I don't know. I don't know. But maybe one day you will. Maybe one day I will show myself. I am planning on actually starting to show more of myself, maybe not my face, but I'm going to do some fun pictures in the, for the private podcast subscribers. So I'm changing that around and I'm going to be adding photos and things like that. Racy photos. Uh, it won't, these won't be like porno pics or anything like that, but definitely you're going to see my body. It'll be nude. Things might be shaded out. They'll be tasteful, but they're going to be provocative. Like I want hot fucking pictures. So it's just, I'm going to find all the ways to tease as much as I can without crossing the line. So I'm going to be edging (laughs) to bring it back around. I hopefully will be edging, you know, it'll be good. Let's say jerk off material, I guess. If you really, I think women will look at it and say, that's beautiful. And men will look at it and go, I'm wanking to that. So if I can hit that, that's my target. That's my target for the kind of pictures that I'll put out there. And then I'll keep them, you know, I'll keep them on the private side. So that makes me feel better, more secure about it. So I'm just kind of toe dipping, Jesse. I'm toe dipping. And you know what? I mean, give me another year. I may just say, fuck it. I'm, it's time to just totally come out. I'm not opposed to that. But I have to say, it's been nice. It's been really nice just to maintain this, you know, to stay anonymous, be anonymous not have to sell this show based on how I look. And I know that in this day and age, that's mostly how things are promoted. That's why we have influencers, all this stuff. And I really feel good and a little bit like a maverick in the sense that I haven't done that. Like, I don't want to say caved in, but what I've proven is that the content can stand on its own. If it's good content and it resonates with people and they like what you're saying, they like your openness, your, you know, you're just, you're just 
putting it all out there that it works. It's a formula that works. And it doesn't have to be this constant barrage of sexy images. You know, like I don't have to sort of, I want to say, pimp myself out and be worried about always feeding the machine and producing content because that was the one reason why I didn't believe I could do this show long term. I had to rework it. I had to kind of look at it differently and go, because initially it was just about me documenting all my sexy adventures for myself because I really wanted to pay attention to how I was changing. And it has been, it is a trip. Like seriously, documenting it like this is the best thing I've ever done. I am so glad I did. And I can, I can see night and day the changes. I can see where I'm changing. I can see where I'm more interested in one person over the other. All this stuff. Like when you go back and you listen to yourself, you're like, I'm like, whoa, holy shit. And there's stuff happening behind the scenes. Like I didn't even realize it was going on when it was going on. And if I listen to myself, I'm like, there it is right there. Boom. It's blatant. So that's been very fun. But again, to circle back, it's just nice that you can do something that doesn't have to be about it's sexual, but it's for I'm not excluding anybody. Like I worry that if somebody sees me, they're going to be like, oh, I don't look like her or I wouldn't get somebody with that body type or that's not my body type. Like I'm not interested in that. She's too skinny or what, whatever, you know, whatever the, the judgment's going to be. I don't mind the, the judgment that, that someone, that people have personal preferences. That doesn't bother me at all. But what I'm trying not to do is eliminate people. I I would rather have them more interested in the actual content, the substance of it, you know, the meat on the bones rather than how I physically look. And so far that's worked. So, you know, you kind of go, why do I mess? Why do I want to mess with a good thing? But I won't lie. It's, I am seriously curious to do it and to see how that would change things and what type of chapter that would start and open. So, you know, I'm, I'm adventurous, you know that Jesse. All right. Well, I hope that answers your question. Thank you guys, everybody that sends in questions and voicemails. It's, I love it, love it, love it. Please don't be shy. You guys can go to the website. If you want to leave me a typed message, you can do that. You just hit the contact me button. Or if you want to leave me a voicemail, which is my preference, it's faster and easier for me to get back to you. There's a pink tab. You just click on the pink tab on the right hand side of any page on the website at thecuriousgirldiaries.com and you've got five minutes. And a lot of people, sometimes they run, they, they run over and they just leave, they start a new one. So I get, I'll get like a long, you know, I'll get like three voicemails. It's just one conversation that they're having and they'll run it all the way to the five minutes. And then I sit and I just answer. I break, you know, my, I respond to each one, each voicemail and just boom, boom, boom. And we're having this fun conversation. And like I said, a lot of times it's about sex and a lot of times it's about just stuff going on in our lives. We're sharing things. I mean, it's, it's fun. So I really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Everybody stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you, love you, love you. Big hugs. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend. And make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com.